his childhood babysitter hooked him up with the job. Madoff liked him, but had almost fired him. Frank DePascali overslept. He was a terrible traitor. But Madoff saw something in young Frank. He was smart. So Madoff kept him around for 33 years. That was really the only job he ever had. His only you know, job in an adult life. And he would rise to become Madoff's right-hand man. But after Madoff confessed, Frank DePascali made a big decision. He really went the path that most of the other people did not. He went from Team Madoff to Team America. And he sang like a bird, as they say. Day after day, the FBI picked Frank DePascali up in New Jersey and drove him into Manhattan for interrogation. And day after day, he was debriefed by assistant U.S. attorney Matthew Schwartz. Yeah, he always packed his lunch because uh, he, he had no money, so he couldn't, you know, we would all go out and buy a salad or something, and uh, he couldn't afford to do that. He would always bring uh, a sandwich, and uh, he always brought uh, a sleeve of Oreos. Um, you know, I think he must have gone to Costco or something and bought them in bulk. So he would bring in a sleeve and he would eat a few and, you know, offer them to other people. There were a few times where uh, I brought my kids in on the weekend. Um, they never met Frank DePascali, but sometimes the Oreos would be left over and they would, they would have one of what they called bad guy cookies. You guys aren't allowed to buy him lunch? Uh, I don't know if we're allowed to or not, but we didn't. I mean, you know, the, generally, he's not our friend, right? And we're not doing him favors. I told Garfinkel what Schwartz said. See, that's bullshit, because if I was there, I'd say, Frank, you're not eating that shit. We're going to go out and eat right. According to confidential FBI records and court documents, Frank DePascali's testimony was the key to understanding how Madoff's operation worked. So they would pick a return, and then they'd work backwards? Yeah. Well, that's how a Ponzi scheme works, right? Uh, you invest $10 on January, and by June, I've got to show $15 in your account. So how do I get $10 to appreciate to $15? In the investment advisory business, you used to keep boxes of old Wall Street journals, and they would take the stock tables, the stock prices that were um, published every day at the time, and they would just lay them out end to end on the floor. Picture this for a moment. So it'd be, you know, I can't imagine 10, 20, 30 feet of newspapers side to side. And so you'd sit in an office chair that had wheels, a wheelchair, and you just sort of slide left and right to pick the right day with the right stock with the right price. Easy to make money in the market if you're wheeling into the past. There weren't newspapers when investigators got there. They had computers by then, and that was the next clue. It turned out that in the computers, there was a smoking gun in code. Once I got into and actually started to understand the computer programs, it was so plain to me exactly how guilty those people were. And... and because they had to understand everything. That's my producer, Ellen Horn. Because they wrote it, and it, it was the machinery through which the entire fraud was perpetrated. It made up all the fake records. Most of it was automated. The computer guys, George Perez and Jerry O'Hara, were key to executing the fraud. And you have to appreciate the computer programs. They're, first of all, they're the only two guys who are writing these programs. And they work the way that all computer programmers do. They basically sign their work. So 
in the actual text of the computer programs, they have notes with their names and the function of the program. So this is a random number generator for use in connection with the 2004 SEC examination of Madoff Securities. That is, I mean, that's right there in the text of the program. In other words, this is the program used to dupe the SEC in its 2004 investigation. Knowledge was power in Madoff's inner circle. The computer guys knew this. Without their skills, Madoff's dream factory shuts down. They exploited that knowledge. And one day, the computer guys march into Madoff's office while Frank is there. And they say, You know, we know what you're doing, and uh, we don't want to do it anymore. And Madoff says, Okay, fine. Don't, don't write those programs anymore. And then right afterwards, he turns to Deepak Scali after they've gone and said, Give them whatever. 